would you take your Bibles today and let's go to the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter. We began last week talking to you on this principle uh, of kingdom lifestyle, how that we live uh, in the kingdom. Now, as we're kind of getting in gear this morning to go there, I've got a question for you, and here's the question this morning. Are you truly living with a kingdom mindset, or do you still have a system, world system mindset? Are you still in that place where your mind, you may be in the kingdom, but your mind is still functioning in the world? Now, here's how you'll know if that's true or not. It's real easy to know that. The Word of God says this. It says, the thief, speaking of the devil, it says the thief comes to kill, to what? Steal, say it with me, and destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Say that again, more abundantly. Now, how do I know which mindset I'm living in? Am I living in a kingdom mindset or am I living in a world mindset? And here's how you know. Do you believe that you are going to have an abundant life or do you think everything's going to be taken from you? You ever met those people? Come on, you've met Christians like that. Hopefully you're not sitting by one this morning. But you know people who literally think, well, you know, it's bad, but it's going to get worse. Times are tough. Times are bad. Times are rough. You know, all the stuff that they talk about. And what happens is, is that we begin to live with this mindset, even though we're Christians, even though we're believers, that says everything's going to be taken away. Everything is going to be destroyed. Instead of understanding that we serve a God who is not just enough, the Bible says He is more than enough, right? He is more than enough. So what does that mean? That means He's more than enough for anything that I face in my life. Any situation, any lifestyle, habit, anything that I'm going through, my God is more than enough. Now this morning we're going to be talking about how that we get our heart into the right place. Now listen, I want to tell you something. Just because you got saved does not mean your heart's in the right place. Now, I know that sounds maybe a little, uh, a little radical to say that this morning. But how, how many of you know people who are Christian, they go to church, they read their Bible, they are faithful, but you sure wouldn't want them as a neighbor? Right? Why? Because they've never understood the transition of taking their heart out of the system of this world and getting their heart into the system of God. And so this morning we're going to be talking about how do we do that? How as individuals am I able to get my heart into the right place? Would you take your Bibles again, look in the book of Matthew, the 6th chapter, and beginning in verse number 19. It says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now we could just stop right there. Have a whole sermon, couldn't we? But you don't want me to, so I'll keep moving. Where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Watch this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Wherever I put my treasure, whatever I am treasuring in life, 
my heart is going with that treasure. And so how do I get my heart out of this system of the world and the system of lack, the system of recession, the system of depression, and get my heart into this place of abundance that God has? I, I, I've got good news for you this morning. God wants you to prosper. Now, when I use that word prosper, I'm not just talking about money, although that does uh, entail that, but I'm talking about in every area of your life, God wants you to prosper. But our problem is, is that we have this mentality of lack. I'm never going to have enough. I'm never going to get enough. I'm never going to receive enough. And so how do I transition? How do I get myself from this place of living with lack, living with not enough, and getting into that place where I have everything? In fact, I don't just have everything. I've got more than enough. Have you ever got to the end of the week and still had money? Isn't that a fun week? Come on. You ever, ever got the utility bill and it's like $150 cheaper than you thought it was going to be? Oh, man, we're going out tonight, honey. Right? I mean, all of a sudden the insurance bill comes in and for some reason they lowered the payment on your insurance. Man, you just, you look at that going, wow, isn't this great? You walk into work and they say, we're giving out dividends this week. Man, some of y'all are just sad. I'm telling you, that's fun. It's, it's a great place to be when, when there's an abundance in your life, when, uh, when everything is going well, when everything is going good. And yet, the problem is, is that even with believers, we find so many people living in this place of depression and oppression, living over here uh, in the world system instead of getting into God's system. So how do I get my heart from over here? I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, but how do I get my heart not, not situated in the world system. How do I get it in the God system? The, the first thing you've got to do is, is, number one, the Word of God says this, give and it will what? Be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For with the same measure you give, it's going to be given back or going to be measured back to you. Now, let me tell you something about getting into this place where you live in the kingdom. You've got to have a giving mentality. Now see, I can tell a lot of you don't right now because you just got tight when I used the word give because you thought I was talking about money, but I'm talking about so much more than your money. See, the word of God says this, God so loved the world that he gave. Now, if I am created in the image and in the likeness of God, if I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, if I am truly a Christian, Christ-like, then I have got to learn how to be a giver. You ever been around people who are givers? I mean, do you know some people who are givers? They just love to give. It's just exciting to give. It's just, it's just they're, I mean, they just look at you and say, what can I do for you? How can I serve you? How, how can I bless you? I mean, it is fantastic to be around those kind of people. You ever been around the others? Aren't they a joy? Doesn't it just warm your heart to hang out with the naysayers and the doomsday people and the ones who are always talking about how bad it is, but it's going to get worse? And yet, our problem is, is that even as Christians, we find ourselves living that way. And yet, the Word of God says that if I want to really change my heart, 
I've got to learn to be a giver because wherever I put my treasure, there's my heart also. So how do I go about this? Well, watch this. If I want to transition my life, if I want to get my heart moving into the direction that God wants it to, then I've got to determine that every day I'm going to be a giver. Wow. Isn't it quiet in the house? You say, well, what, what does that mean, Pastor? That means that you have to get out of your comfort zone. That means you can't be so wrapped up in your own world that that's all there is. I found out years ago a person who's all wrapped up in themselves makes a mighty small package. And yet we find a lot of believers who, it's all about me, it's what I, but, but if I really want to get my heart transitioned, Listen, I want to tell you something. When you begin to give, it does something to you. When you go out of your way for somebody else, it does something for you. You move yourself out of your comfort zone. You move yourself out of that place where it's about you, and all of a sudden you wake up and say, what can I do for somebody else this morning? What a way to live. What would happen if love and truth churches that every person involved in a love and true church would wake up on Monday morning and say, what can I do today to be giving to somebody else? See, sometimes that giving involves just something small. It may just be giving somebody a smile. It may just be going out of your way to help someone. It may be just doing something that you wouldn't necessarily normally do, but you just chose today. You saw somebody in need. You, let me ask this question. Have you ever seen somebody changing a flat tire and just kept on going? The rest of you are liars if I've ever seen a bunch. If you've been driving for over, I don't know, a week, you have driven by somebody on the interstate. You've driven somebody on the side of the road who's changing a tire. And you're first of all, I really ought to stop and help them. But, right? See, there's, there's something about giving. When, when, when I'm moving in that place, see, here's the deal. The, the scripture there says, don't lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where all this stuff comes in and breaks in, destroys and steals and kills. It says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, here's, here's what I found out about our heart. Our heart sometimes overrules our mind. Do, do you realize that out of all the creation that God made, that humankind is the only thing that he made with wants? Can I say that again? We are the only part of God's creation that has wants. Fido does not have wants. Fido just reacts instinctively. You get him a full belly, a place to lay down, somewhere he can get a drink of water, and I know you think he's got a soul and going to heaven. But he's a dog, friend. <laughs> All right? But humanity has wants. Why? Because the Bible says we were created in the image and the likeness of God. Now get this. The, the, the scripture lets us know that we were created like God. What does that mean? Did, why did God create the earth? Did he need the earth? Let me help you. No. Why did he create mankind? Did he need human beings? 
heard somebody say one time, God was lonely, so he made man. How can the all-sufficient God be lonely? Why did God create the world? Why did God create mankind? Because he wanted to. He gave us the same ability to want things. Watch what the scripture says. I'll, I'll give you scripture because some of you think I'm you know, just up here testifying. The word of God says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Didn't say I shall not need. There are some things in your life that are not needs, they're wants. And God is able to supply not only your needs, but he's also able to supply your wants. But you've got to get a shifting of your heart. I've got to get my heart in the right place. How do I get my heart in the right place? I do that by giving. And as I give, some things begin to happen. And, and, and when, when I give, th there has to be a reason for my giving. Uh, the Word of God says this. says, so let each one of you give as he purposes in his heart. A few years back, Rick Warren wrote a book that became a national bestseller. Pastor Rick Warren from Saddleback, California, wrote a book called The Purpose Driven Life. Sold millions of copies, changed people's lives because all of a sudden they found a purpose in life. Not only do I have to give, but my giving has to have a purpose. All right? There has to be a reason why I'm doing this. It's not just doing it. I'm not just going out of my way uh, to do something. I'm doing it for a reason. Why do I give? I give because God first gave to me. Don't miss it. The Bible lets us know he loved us first. He gave to us first. The scripture says, before the foundation of the earth, a lamb was slain. Before you were ever born, God already gave. So my giving in whatever area of life, if I, if I go out of my way to help somebody, to love somebody, to be good to somebody, to take a meal to somebody, uh, to show up at church, whatever it is that I'm doing, I am doing that with the purpose, and that purpose is, God, you have done so much for me, you have blessed me so greatly that I cannot do anything but give back out of the overflow of what you've already given into my life. You and I need to learn to be givers. Because you can't be a giver and be stingy at the same time. You can't be a giver and be a person who doesn't love. You have to move. It does something to you. It brings your heart into a place that you see transition taking place. We go on a little bit further in that chapter. Verse 33, if you look there, if you still have your Bibles open, it says this. But seek first the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness, and all these things, right? All these things shall be added to you. Now, I've got to come to that place. If my heart is going to move from over here to into God's kingdom, how do I get there? I've got to believe that God is a rewarder and that he rewards those, the Bible says, who does what? Diligently seeks him. So I come to that place in my life where I learn to give on purpose. And as I give on purpose, I believe that as I'm seeking his kingdom, he's going to bless me in turn. Now let me tell you something. Let me ask you a question this morning. Why did you come to church on Sunday morning? I'm just waiting for you to think about it. 
Well, Pastor, it's just because, you know, it's, well, it's just, well, no, really, why did you come on Sunday morning? Now, some of you young ones didn't have a choice, you know. Mom and Daddy said, get your backside up and go to church, so you did. But some of the rest of you, why did you come? Well, it's, it's what we've always done. Well, we've done a lot of dumb things. Is going to church a dumb thing? No. Well, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a religious duty. Well, man, there are a lot of religious things. Why do we come to church? Because we're seeking first. Why do we meet on Sunday instead of on the Sabbath? You realize the Sabbath is Saturday. Why as a Christian church do we meet on Sunday? We meet on Sunday because it's the first day of the week. Seek ye first. Why do I go to church on Sunday morning? I go to church on Sunday morning because I'm saying to God, God, I'm giving you this first day and the rest of this week is going to be dedicated to you, but I'm just going to dedicate this day to you and Lord, you take it and you use it. I'm going to seek you first today. When I bring tithes and offering, you knew I was going there. Why do I bring tithes and offering to the storehouse? Because I'm saying to the Lord, the, the tithe there is first fruits. I'm saying to the Lord, Lord, I bring you the first part of my increase. Why? Why am I doing this? Because I'm letting the Lord know that I'm seeking Him first. That I believe that if I seek Him first, that I will receive everything I need in life. Now, if you'll back up when you go home today, if you'll back up and read those verses in between that I didn't talk about, he talks about in those verses, he said, I'm going to bless you, uh, bless your home, I'm going to bless your family, all these things that you're needing. He said, I'll bring those to you if you first of all seek my kingdom. It's interesting how we get that so upside down. It's interesting how often in our lives that we seek everything else first, and kind of put God last. Well, don't amen me because I'm preaching so good. We, well, God, if I can fit you in, I'll, you know, if there's nothing going on this weekend, I'll be there. Uh-oh. You, you, you do remember that, that verse I started with said, Where your treasure is, there's your heart also. I've, I've decided a lot of people, their treasure must be at, you know, some Fortune 500 company. Because that's where they always are. You know, there, there's some people out this morning, their treasure's their bass boat this morning. Some guys got some golf clubs that they're treasuring right now. Nothing wrong in golf clubs. Nothing wrong in bass boats, nothing wrong in lake homes, nothing wrong in any of those things. But i got to be careful that I don't put those before the kingdom of God. Seek ye first. Listen, you can get everything else right, but if you get this wrong, you're destroyed. You're destroyed. Why? Because my heart is going to stay over here in the kingdom of destruction. And when my heart, watch, when my heart is in the kingdom of destruction, then the enemy has a right to come in and destroy. So I don't know about you, I want to get my heart out of this place, and I want it over here in the abundance. I want it in everything that God has. So I've got to get to this point that I believe what God's Word says. 
And once I believe in what God's Word says, then I've got to have faith to act upon that Word. Have you ever had somebody come by, maybe you're in a situation, you're struggling with something, and they just tell you you need faith? You ever been told you needed faith? Didn't you just want to smack somebody when they told you that? I mean, I do. I do. Somebody, you know, if I'm struggling with a certain area of my life or something's not going right in the church and somebody walks by or I get one of my buddies call me and say, well, now, if you just have more faith, I, I just want to say, if you just come right here, I'd hit you. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, listen, how do I get faith? I get faith from the Word of God. The, the Bible says it this way. It says, believe the words of the prophet and you will prosper. Now, when I read there that where my treasure is, there's my heart also. And I read, if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto me. As I read that, then all of a sudden faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. As I'm reading that, I'm hearing that in my spirit. All of a sudden, my faith grabs a hold of that, and I begin to move into that place where my heart is now shifting, and I'm getting into that place of abundance now. I'm getting into that place where I can receive what God has, where my heart now moves into that place. I, I love it. To, I, I love it when God blesses me. Don't, don't, don't look so envious. Jealousy will kill you. I mean, I, I love it when God blesses. I, I love it when God just shows up and does things that are just not the norm. I love it when He allows our heart to just move into the right place, and then once our heart gets in the right place, He just starts bringing blessings into our lives. And you know what? Blessings aren't all monetary, but some of them are. People say, well, pastor, you know, I'm better off than most people in the rest of the world. Yeah, but you're not in the rest of the world. The Bible says this. It says, be ready to give an answer to every man who asks of you of the hope that lies within you. If you are living the abundant life, nobody's going to be asking you, how to have it. I mean, if, if can, can I just tell you what I think? There's, there's a lot of Christians that I look at their life and go, I think I'll be Buddhist today. I would be a Hare Krishna, but they'd make me shave my head. I say, Pastor, that's kind of rough. No, that's kind of real. I mean, if, if what I see in a lot of Christians' life is the abundance that God has, not very much. And yet, what I found is, is that Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, and you might have that life more abundantly. And so I come to that place and say, you know what? I am going to experience the abundance that God has for my life. But I've got to get my heart shifted. Let me remind you, your heart goes places that your head doesn't go. I got a phone call a few weeks back now from somebody who I do business with, and they said, I got something you need. I said, I don't, I don't need anything. He said, well, come down here. So I drove down there, and there was this red car, bright red, 
sleek, fast-looking car. I said, I don't need that. He said, drive it for a few days. I didn't need it, but I drove it. And I moved from need to want just like that. And I even got Sherry on board. And I went back and I said, I don't need this, but I'm going to buy it. And it will go fast. And I like it. And some of you look at me this morning and you say, I can't believe. Because I've had some of you say this, I can't believe a preacher would drive a Corvette. I never wanted to be a preacher. Do with that whatever you want to. <laughs> Somebody looked at me the other day and said, I can't. I mean, they got this religious look. Not that anybody from here thinks the Lord. Got this religious look. And I just looked at them and thought, get a life. Get a life. I mean, I was trying to get a Harley, and I couldn't talk anybody back into letting me get another Harley. Ought to be, safe, ought to be proud I got four wheels I'm driving, all right? But, but when you understand the, the heart aspect, what happens is, is that it, it really happens involuntarily. It's not something I set up and I say, my heart is going to be in the kingdom. doesn't work that way. You can do that till you turn blue and it's not going to happen. But what happens is, is that you get into this system of moving from giving to giving with a purpose to believing in God, believing His Word, and then faith kicks in. And when you get there, then multiplication kicks in. And God starts multiplying back to you blessings, not because you always needed them, but just simply because He's that kind of God. And so we, we've got this mentality in the church, and we, we got it from the ages gone by, from the aesthetics and, and, and from... Um, the monasteries and monks. I'm not talking about the guy who had a TV program. Uh, I'm talking about the guys who wore the long robes. Uh, that, that to truly be a Christian, that you had to abstain from everything and you had to just go and hide yourself away. And you know what? If God calls you to do that, you ought to do that. But for most of us, God does not call us to do that. What God calls us to do is seek first His kingdom. And as we seek first His kingdom, then all these things, all these things get added and multiplied into our life. And so all of a sudden we go from this place of always living in lack and doubt and disbelief and allowing the enemy to kill, to steal, and destroy. And we get over in this place of saying, wait a minute, Jesus Christ came to this earth so that I could have life and it more abundantly. And so I just choose to live an abundant life. I choose in every area, physically, spiritually, financially, emotionally, in every area of my life, Lord, I want 
to experience kingdom lifestyle. I want to live the lifestyle of the kingdom. I don't want to get caught up in things. Why, why does God bless us with things? God blesses us with things so that we can be a blessing to others. That's why he blesses you. So you can be a blessing to others. Now I had some people after the first service came by and wanted me to bless them with that car. Not feeling that at this point. But if I do, then we'll take care of that. But what you've got to come to an understanding is, is this, is that God and his kingdom are different than the world's kingdom. The world's kingdom is built on lack. Let me prove it to you. How many of you know that the easiest way for something to become more valuable is for there to be less of it? Right? If they cut oil production tomorrow, guess what's going to happen at the pump midnight tonight? It's going to go up. Why? Because all of a sudden there's lack. Thank you for tuning in today. Please join Pastor Couples next week for another message designed to help you successfully live the Spirit-empowered life. Please log on to our website at www.loveandtruthchurch.com or visit us in person on Oilwell Road in Jackson. And remember, God wants you to lead a Spirit-empowered life.